Did you miss the headline and the top story of the day? Extra, extra, we don't don't worry, because we got you covered. This is how we do. It's the Cattles and Rami. Top spot. All right, let's get to the uh, top spot on this Tuesday. Sacktown Sports with you. So we were reading Jake Fisher earlier today, Rami, and, and Jake did a great job in his latest for Yahoo Sports. He just got tremendous information. Always check out Jake Fisher. And it's not like the dude is a good friend of mine. I don't know him from a hole in the wall. He just got really good information. So if you're on Twitter, follow him and, you know, read all of his stuff because he just, he is overflowing with intel this week. And he wrote a long story today and he had a few nuggets and we'll get to more of those nuggets in about 10 minutes regarding the Kings. But the first thing that jumped out at me, Rami, in this Jake Fisher piece is this idea that rival front offices believe that the Kings are going to take a big swing. And we've talked about the trade last week during the draft and why that made a lot of sense. If you wanted to try to read the tea leaves... Or if you want to give him a call and talk through... I don't know what that was. Carmichael Dave getting in on the show. Easy Dave. From England. If you want to give him a call. Not during my show, buddy. So Jake Fisher wrote about... Uh, this idea of, of the Kings taking a, a big swing. Rival front offices are wondering what the big swing is going to be, what the big swing the Kings are planning in free agency. Uh, Jake Fisher also brought up Kyle Kuzma as an idea, saying that Kuzma to Sacramento has gained, quote-unquote, plenty of momentum. So the first question we asked today, Rami, was, what do we think Monty McNair has up his sleeve? What do we think is going to happen here? What, what's what's the big swing he's going to take? What's what's up the sleeve? And I'm starting to think that all this Kuzma Draymond Green talk is just talk. I'm starting to, and maybe it's the conspiracy theorist in me. Maybe the, the answer is just staring me right in the face and it's so obvious. I'm trying to create something that's not there. But Monty has been pretty shrouded with secrecy during his GM run. We never really got any idea about Domas for Halliburton. And we really haven't heard a lot about certain things like Kevin Herter. Uh, Malik Bunk was not a surprise because of the Aaron Fox relationship. But a lot of the stuff, you know, a good amount of the stuff that, that Monty has done is has been somewhat surprising. And there's so much talk, I'm starting to believe that it's Kuzma and Draymond Green's agents doing work and trying to build leverage for places that might actually be interested in Kyle Kuzma and Draymond more than the Kings are. I, I I think that there very well could be something to that, Nick. The agents agents do that. It's it's lying season in the NBA right now. Yeah. When it when it comes to trying to, to prime the market for either your client or your team or whatever the case might be. So I wouldn't be surprised if that was the case. Kuzma on some level makes some sense to me and I, I wouldn't be totally surprised if that was the swing that Monty had planned when he made the Rashawn Holmes trade to free up that that cap space, I also think Jeremy Grant could be a possibility. Yeah, for for the Kings as far as the big swing, but I also think that it it, it is entirely possible. You know, we get and and it's what you're supposed to do this time of year as as you lead up to free agency and you have a very good team in town and you have a lot of cap space to work with. We get real caught up in in the big names and the one big swing that could eat up 
all $36 million of that cap space. Right, the it, star. It very well could be he has he has a plan of of a few pieces in, in place. Maybe maybe bringing back Harrison Barnes and one or two other guys to, to upgrade the bench and the depth and the versatility of this basketball team. I think that very well could be something that's in the works for Monty McNair. The day after the trade... Jay was was sitting in for you, and this week Jay is on the morning show. A couple weeks ago, he was doing a midday show. He's just JJ J- make a move. JJ is everywhere, including the BET Awards with Buster Rhymes. Yes, in JJ bet- make a move. JJ move maker. In between all that, but Jay said for the, the, boy. the word of the day was Sesame Street style options, and and that's that's what the the thirty six million dollars gave Monty McNair and the Kings. Look, I'm sure they have one or two guys circled on their free agency board and maybe even some communication with their representatives through some back channels, even though that's that's not supposed to happen. But I don't think that there's just one guy or one plan for Monty McNair and the Kings front office. I got to think that there's, there's a number of different directions and, as Jay so eloquently pointed out, options for this basketball team this offseason with all the assets that they have to work with. Yeah, I would agree with that. We we know that they've got the trade exception from Dallas that they can work with. We know that they have $35-plus plus million in cap space that they can work with. They have Davion Mitchell as a possible asset. If you wanted to upgrade at the two, maybe Kevin Herter is available. We have no idea. We have truly no earthly idea. We're trying to see what sticks out of all of these reports. But options is the perfect word. And for somebody who is creative like Monty, that's a dangerous proposition for the rest of the league, which is why these rival execs are are talking about, oh, what's this big swing that Monty's going to take? Because it just doesn't make any sense. We we mentioned this on yesterday's show. It, It doesn't make any sense to make that move on draft night unless you are looking to line something up. If you just wanted... If you just wanted to spend money, I mean, you had some cap space, but creating that 35 plus million opens the door for a lot of things that can happen. We don't know who's available for trade. We, we don't know. We, we don't know if it's a possible DeAndre Hunter in a trade with Atlanta and then going out and getting another piece. We, we have no clue. And I also think, as I mentioned, I... I believe Herter will be here. I don't think Herter's going anywhere. But I also would, wouldn't rule it out and say, oh, there's no way Kevin Herter's going to get traded this offseason. Maybe Monty could upgrade the backcourt with Fox and keeps Harrison Barnes at the mm-hmm. four. We, we, here's, I'm sure this is what happens in, in Monty's office. There's a whiteboard, I would imagine. And you've got options A through Z. And it's, this is what we can do with free agency. These are maybe some of the names that we could get via the exception that we received in the trade with Dallas. Here's what we might be able to do with trades. Will OG Ananobi pop up and be available? Will Pascal Siakam end up being available? Atlanta supposedly has everybody available outside of Trey Young. So who, who pops up? You, you just don't know. And the best thing that you can do is what Monty is doing, which is why he's really good at his job. He's he's lining himself up to attack every possible path. Okay, so if we can't sign a guy to that deal that we want, 
what do we do? We can pivot and we can make a trade. We can pivot and use the trade exception. We can pivot and use maybe some of these assets. That's what you do. You get as many options as possible, and then you see what your best route is. And there's there's all sorts of legwork that is done well before this week. The John Collins to Utah trade, I was reading, I think it was Fisher who had it today. So Monty McNair isn't just open up like John Hollinger's top 25 free agents? No. No? no, no. I'm going, huh. Little bit of a, a little bit more of a thought process than that. Let me shop off this list real oh, quick. Oh, I forgot about Brooke Lopez, <laughs> of right. course. But, you know, part of that whole John Collins to Utah thing was they were talking. They've been talking for months. They were talking at draft night about possibly Utah trading one of their picks for John Collins. That's that's what happens. I don't think Brad Stevens last week in 45 minutes pivoted to the Memphis Grizzlies and made the Marcus Smart trade when the Malcolm Brogdon thing fell through with L.A. As a GM, you're constantly having conversations and your assistant GM is constantly having conversations. And you know what teams are looking for. And so I'm sure, for example, Stevens knew that Memphis was open to the idea of trading Tyus Jones and they they were probably very interested in Marcus Smart. And so when the Brogdon thing fell through, you pick up the phone, you call Memphis and say, hey, if, if we offered Smart to you, what's the deal? And then you loop Washington in and you make the deal. So I'm sure Monty's had countless conversations with front offices and he knows precisely what he might be able to do here in the next few days. It's a very exciting time for Kings fans. You should embrace this. It was a terrific season. You got the playoff drought off your back, and your team is positioned as well as any team in the NBA right now to do true damage on Friday. You you are in a great position. And Monty has given you all the reasons in the world to trust him. So it, it, it should be a very exciting time. I can't wait for Friday's show. I really can't. It's going to be fun. They, they have all of the tools that they need to make noise. They have them all. All right, speaking of uh, King's rumors, let's first ask you your thoughts on the big swing. W- what do you think Monty has up his sleeve? Do you think it's Kyle Kuzma? Do you think it's something maybe that will blindside people? Is it a trade? That we might not see coming. Or do you think it's what's in front of us is what's really there? It's Kuzma or it's Draymond Green or maybe it's Harrison Barnes returning. Or or do you think Monty's keeping things quiet and he's got something else planned? And, and do you have a name or two? 916-339-1140 is the text line. Phone number is 1-800-920-1140. You can also... Get a hold of us on YouTube, youtube.com, Sacktown Sports 1140. So we want to ask you that and get your reaction. Also, we got some more rumors and, and some more nuggets from Jake Fisher. Lots of Kings-related news and notes from that NBA insider that we have not yet gotten to. We'll do that in 90 seconds. Live and local in the afternoon. They always keep you on edge. Cattles. And Rami. On Sacktown Sports. Emmy checks in in the YouTube chat, says she likes Ryan Seacrest. See? I feel like you're in the minority on this. You're out of your mind if you think I'm in the minority. 
I don't man, think there's as many people who have such an avid disdain for Ryan Seacrest. The man keeps getting worse. You so ready? Obviously, there's a market for him. We have a poll in the YouTube chat. Okay. The ideal Wheel of Fortune host. Option A is Ryan Seacrest. Option B is me saying anyone else. 73% say anyone else. Huh. Nobody wakes up wanting to see more of Ryan Seacrest. Nobody. I I think that our, our show and uh, the Ryan Seacrest audience, probably not a lot of crossover in that Venn diagram. I don't know. Sometimes J-Mars likes watching the morning news. Sometimes Seacrest's show will come on in here. So uh, here's here's something interesting. We got more Kings rumors for you, more Kings notes. We also want to get to some of your reaction as well on the Kings and, and who you think might be the, the big swing or what Monty has up his sleeve. Rival executives, according to Jake Fisher, believe that Monty's got something big cooking. But uh, first, talk about another team here quickly, the Pistons. So Adrian Wojnarowski just tweeted that the Pistons have made a decision, and, and this every move obviously impacts every other move. And when you look at teams that have cap space, one of them is obviously the Kings. The Kings are third in cap space now after the Utah trade for John Collins. The Kings have $35.6 million in cap space. One of the teams that had a lot of cap space was Detroit. Detroit had $30 million of cap space. Well, Woj just tweeted out that the Pistons have decided to pick up Alec Burks' contract option, which is for $10.5 million. So when we talk about possible options for guys, Kyle Kuzma and others who might have been linked to Detroit, well, now Detroit just went from having $30 million in cap space to $20 million in cap space. So now... We talk about guys who are looking mm. for twenty five to thirty million. And of the course, are out. They can still go to Detroit. It's just that Detroit would have to make additional moves to create that space. But as of right now, yes, Rami, they they would not be able to sign one of those players. Mm. So that this is what happens. You know, this is what happens. Another potential Kyle Kuzma suitor when off you, the board. When you start to see, when you start to see. Uh, did you just say Kyle Suter? Kyle Kuzma Suter. Oh, okay. I see what I did there. I see what you did. Okay. Um, so, but this is what happens, and this is what's going to happen during the week. These teams with cap space, if they make moves, we keep an eye on it because that means the Kings have a much better shot at landing a big fish. So at the beginning of this week, you know, you, you had teams with cap space. You had Utah with $47 million. Now you put John Collins' contract into the mix. They're at like $22, million, You had, you know, the Pistons at $30 million. Now they drop down to $20 million. You have less competition if you're Monty, if you're fishing in this big pool, if you're big game hunting, even if it's for a trade. Because you, you don't have to trade much of anything to bring in a big contract because you have that cap space. Mm-hmm. That's what happened with Utah and Collins. You can give up a second-round pick and bring back a big contract to a team that wants to get rid of that contract. Bitters are dropping out in yes. terms of the cap space from the, the, the area that, that the Kings will be shopping in. So, 
if you're Kyle Kuzma, for example, and this is why I go back to the, the Kuzma and the green stuff, maybe just being a smokescreen trying to build leverage because these teams are starting to drop like flies. Right now, there are three teams right now that have more cap space, two teams that have more cap space than you do. The Rockets have $61 million in cap space. I read this morning that they could be in on Fred Van Vliet. If that's the case, that's great news for you because you're not looking for a point guard. The best thing to happen for the Kings is if Van Vliet ends up in Houston. They're going to spend 35 to $40 million on that guy, and that's going to take 40 of the $60 million they've got in space. But Houston's got a ton of cap space, $60.9 million. And then you've got the Spurs at 38.6, three more million than you have. So we start to look at it. The team right behind you is Indiana. Indiana has 32 million. So what does Indiana do? We'll get to that in a second. But but there are there are a lot. There are a lot of, of layers to this. And when you start to see these teams make decisions. That means, for all intents and purposes, they're dropping out for some of these guys who are available. Because either they've been told that that guy's not going to go there, or they've decided to pivot on their own accord. Speaking of Indiana, Rami, Jake Fisher, to get back to him, he wrote about what the Pacers might do, and he says that Harrison Barnes could end up happening. Which is interesting, because obviously that means you'd have HB, Halliburton, and Buddy healed on the same team. So uh, run back to 21-22 Sacramento Kings is the Pacers' plan. <laughs> but uh, so you'd have you would have Halliburton, Nemhard, Healed, HB, and Miles Turner would be your starting five right now. Of course, they could end up trading Healed and doing something else. But right now, that would be your starting five. Not bad. I don't think it's great, but not bad. Barnes, if if he plays his cards right. You could look at getting maybe, you know, $20 million, $25 million from Indiana because Indiana, as I just mentioned, has just over $30 million in cap space. So HB to Indiana, that might happen. It'll be interesting to see how Indiana handles it too because you could go kind of like short-term and long-term. You would have Turner, two years left on his contract. You have Heald, who has one year left on his contract. You have Halliburton, who's going to be getting an extension soon and get paid a ton of money. And I would imagine they're not going to give much more than two three, two years, maybe three years to Barnes. So Indiana could be an interesting team. We've talked about Chris Middleton, your guy from Milwaukee. Walk mm-hmm. uh, Fisher says he's likely returning to Milwaukee. That Which, doesn't surprise us, right? That's what most people are saying when, the, when he opted out of his contract. Yeah. He helps the team. It's a more cap-friendly deal, at least up front. And uh, he gets a little more money on the back end, some security. It, it makes sense. Guaranteed. I, I would be Thank very, su- I'd be very surprised if Middleton leaves Milwaukee. I know he's been linked to the Kings by some. Our guy Cam Salerno has tweeted a lot about Middleton being the perfect fit for the Kings. I'm not big on the idea of Middleton. His age, his health recently. He's had some knee issues. And I think you'd have to dramatically overpay for him because, again, he, he's going to want to return to Milwaukee. So Middleton looks like he's going to return to Milwaukee. We'll see how much of a discount it is, like you said, Rami. Maybe he gives a little bit of a haircut to the Bucks mm-hmm. to stay. And then you've got Draymond. And we talked a lot about him yesterday, but Jake Fisher says that the feeling is that he is very likely to return to Golden State. 
So all the talk about the meetings he's going to take and all the Sacramento King stuff. He, but he needs some he needs some bidders to to drive up the price for Golden yes. State. You know what I mean? Yes. So it makes sense that he's going to take some visits and and hear some people out. Yes. So he can go back to Golden State and be like, huh, huh, yeah. absolutely. Huh? And that's why I think the the King stuff's out there. Because really, they're not there are not many teams. I don't think he's as valuable to anybody as he is to the Golden State. Players. No, and there are not many teams that are going to be willing to give him twenty five plus million a year. I agree. So, no surprise. We had mentioned Middleton yesterday. We talked about Middleton probably staying in Milwaukee. We talked about Green probably staying in uh, Golden State. And according to Jake Fisher, that's kind of the feel around the league. Those two guys are going to stay where they're at. And so you start to look at the options now, and you start to cross off names that might be on the Kings list. And how how desperate do you get? And that's the one thing I don't want to see happen. And I don't think it's going to happen, by the way. I don't think Monty's going to act out of desperation. He doesn't strike me as that kind of guy. But the worst thing that can happen is that the Kings do act out of uh, some kind of desperation. They They feel the tightness, and they end up spending a lot more money on a player than they should because they just wanted to get a guy and they wanted to get somewhat of an upgrade. I just hope they don't do that. And again, I don't think they will do that. Uh, Callback is coming up. I'm going to light up these phone lines. The phone is ringing. And we are checking to see who's on the line. Long time listener, first time caller. News gossip, a story. Okay, who's the next victim? It's the callback. On Cattles and Rami. All right, earlier today we had Emil Fragoso from SacktownSports.com join us in studio. Of course, usually guests come to you from the Folsom Lake Honda hotline. Folsom Lake Honda is your one-stop Honda shop. And uh, we had some conversation about the Niners with Emil. First and foremost, we got an update on Brock Purdy this week. Uh, I am not trying to dig in too deep every single second of every single day to get the latest on Brock. I keep an eye on it. I don't think it's all worth talking about, but here was a mill with the update on Brock and the thoughts on the update. 75% chance, I would say. They're, 75% chance. They're, they're, they're more optimistic than not right now, especially because he's going along the steps and each one that he, he is. He planned out that he was going to go to Jacksonville and do this throwing program back at OTAs and we were talking to him. He knew right. we were going to do this. So this is not really a surprise. It's just news to report. Um, he's going to go down and, and hang out with some throwing coaches, some orthopedic specialists who know how to come back from this injury. He's spoken with Nick Mullins about recovering from this injury, who's also had the surgery, the UCL surgery. And so everything's going well. And so all the updates you're seeing right now, it's really just he said, she said. Like, it, there's nothing really new. It's just he's going along the steps until we get to training camp. Going along the steps, Rami. Okay. Let's, uh, <laughs> cool. It sounds like things are going good for Brock Purdy. And, and I'm, and I'm glad that they are. Nick, we said from the beginning, like the timeline that they put forth that gave him a chance of being ready for week one was if everything went right and went according to plan. And so far, so good. And, and the deeper we, we get into it, the, the further we get from the danger zone of, of setbacks and, and things going wrong. So, Seems like uh, things are progressing well for, okay, for okay, Brock okay, Purdy. Okay. Good. Cool. 
Let's wait and see what actually happens. So coming up in less than 10 minutes, we'll have your chance to win some tickets to go see Mike Epps. So stay tuned for that. But we keep rolling here with Emil in studio earlier today with the callback. And uh, Adam Schefter recently said that there was absolutely zero trade market for Trey Lance. Here's Emil. Nobody wanted to pay the price. Because the price is probably a low-end first round, a high-end second round pick. Which is outrageous. <sighs> the guy was selected third overall. I understand that. And, like, he's also two played years four ago. games in his career. I get it, but he's still really young, and he's still a developmental project and has all these intent. He's a great kid, all this great stuff. Yeah, but the Niners have to make his, his option decision here at the end of this year. They do. They, they've got to make a decision by May whether or not they want him for a fifth year. Which is why it's, this training camp is going to d- dictate what happens with him. He's done. Again, Brock is cautiously optimistic that he's going to be able to be in training camp. Yeah, He'll be probably cleared by week one, but then it takes some time to get into throwing regime. <sighs> you all right there? I just, the, the Trey Lance stuff, you know. Yeah, I don't know what they... Th- if they were really expecting a low, second, or low first, high second round pick for Trey Lance, then... They were never really serious about trading no. Trey Lance. Nobody. There was talks of the Vikings at 23 getting in. Yeah, talks. You know where those talks were coming from? Yeah, it wasn't going to happen. John Lynch Thank and Kyle you. Shanahan. Yeah. That's where those talks were coming from. Oh, yeah. We, had to, we, we could have uh, number 23 on the table for him. And everybody else in the NFL was like, <laughs> okay. All right. Because Minnesota's going to give up a first-round pick for Trey Lance when they have Kirk Cousins under contract this year. Nah, yeah. Okay there, John. Let's try, bro. Good job, good effort. Nobody was going to give up a first-round pick for Trey Lance. Nobody was going to give up a second-round pick for Trey Lance. Guys played, what, four games? It's just doesn't make any sense. And as Judge Judy tells me, if it doesn't make sense, it's usually not true. She's a wise woman. Yes, she is. She's lived on this She's planet a for a while. Those little she also you. makes $40 million a year. Outstanding. Good on for that you. Ryan Seacrest. Don't you ever, and I mean ever. Wow, wow, you just touched your nerves. Compare Judge Judy to Ryan Seacrest. Simone just made the list. (laughs) The thing is, I'm not scared of you, Nick Cattles. Oh, you will be Friday night. You can be grumpy today. I'm still smiling back here. He is grumpy pants today. Listen, this show is almost as long as the hours of sleep I got last night. Do not come for me unless I call for you. <laughs> That's pretty good. Let's put that in perspective. I got a really good night's sleep last I, night. I know. God bless you. Right? I've been Ten trying, hours. been trying to cut back from uh, five to three cups of coffee per day. Wow. That is so much caffeine. I know. It's paying off. Sleep is good. <laughs> sleep is good. I was uh, going to be nice uh-huh. to Simone on Friday night. But now you're not? Now she's going to have a tough night. Uh-oh. That's fine. I'll hang out with Rami. I was very generous. Ah. Oh, I see what you did there. Ah. You just made the list. Just remember who was very generous that one night when we were all hanging out. Okay? Yes, yes. Just remember that. All right. Okay? <laughs> just remember that. All right. Know where your bread is buttered. All right. All right. Let's get back to a mill. You just made the list. Uh, there's some talk, Rami. Yes. From Mike Florio. Yes. Pro Football Talk. Of this idea that the Rams and the Niners could get into some kind of tug of war for one Kirk Cousins. Here is Mr. Fragoso. He's probably a better, I can't believe I'm saying this, he's probably a better option than they have, like in terms of like being at least healthy and steady. I mean, he's missed two games in five years in Minnesota. Like, he, he's incredibly durable and incredibly reliable in terms of just being active. Now, you can go back and forth on what Kirk Cousins actually brings to your roster. 
He's got a winning record and has won three and has three Pro Bowl selections with, with the Minnesota Vikings. So there's at least that. He's at least a proven quarterback, an above average quarterback that can probably get the job done the same way Stafford did for the Rams. I'm telling you right now, if Brock Purdy ain't what they think he is, and then neither Trey Lance or Sam Darnold grabs the bull by the horns, however it might happen, whether it's Brock Purdy falls flat on his face or God forbid some kind of injury. It's a violent sport. Injuries happen. And neither of those guys grabs the bulls by the horns. You can you can bet everything you have. You can you can bet the bet the farm that they're at least going to be in on trying to get Kirk Cousins. Like all the smoke around Kirk Cousins and the 49ers is not for no reason. There there's there's a fire there, and the fire burns hot. And for, with with Kyle Shanahan, when it comes to Kirk Cousins and what he thinks he can do with him in his system, I I one hundred percent buy that that is entirely a possibility. Yeah, you you've got their history right from Washington. Shanahan knows Cousins. Cousins knows Shanahan really well. Cousins ran Shanahan's offense really well in Washington. So they, they absolutely have the history together, and it, it makes a ton of sense. If if you look at Cousins and he decides that he's going to walk from Minnesota, and we'll see how Minnesota does this year, but if he decides to walk from Minnesota either because of money or because he's going to be 35, 36, and he wants to try to make as much money as possible, and that's been his calling card his entire career, and he's done a damn good job of it, by the way, then you could just connect the dots, and it makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. Makes a lot of sense. For sure. I have an issue. Oh, boy. And that is the callback. Thanks to Folsom Lake Honda and the Folsom Lake Honda Hotline. Your one-stop Honda shop. James Ham and I are kind of going back and forth, and I'm trying to you find... Beefing? You beefing with Ham? No. See no, what I did there? I did. So I'm just trying to figure out the Domas stuff. Like I said to you, I was going through a bunch of numbers. If somebody gets an 8% raise... Mm-hmm. Do you multiply that by 1.08? Why am I having a problem? You with multiply this? it by point zero eight. Zero eight. Yes. To find out and that is the what, amount of the raise. Yes. If yeah. you add that to the original yeah. amount, you'll have the full salary. So James is saying that you would take the base and you would multiply it by 1.08. Yes. Yeah. Although that, be, that equation works too. Yeah, that will get you the total get dollar the, value. Right. Exactly. Ow. This is no longer the afternoon show. This is Goodwill Hunting up in here. How do you like that? That was apples? crazy. I'm like the gif of, uh, what's the Galifianakis trying to figure out? <laughs> All the numbers <laughs> floating yeah. around your head. The hangover. What is happening right Classic. now? Classic. So if he made $25 million and got an 8% raise. He's going to make $30.8 million. If they bump his contract up to, to thirty point eight million this year, no matter how you get, then there. you multiply it by point zero eight each following year, right? You take the number point zero eight, then you take that number point zero eight. I came up with something different than James comes up with by doing that. I can that pull out the a, calculator real quick. That's a kind way to say it, Nick. I came up with something different. I come up with like around one eighty. He comes up, I think, with like one eighty nine. So I don't know. Let's give away some tickets, though. I am absolutely sure that we're doing that. Very confident in this. That we have your tickets to go see Mike Epps. Hark. 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 Hark the angel. Hark. Hark the angel. 
<laughs> Hark, I have tickets for thee. Hark, I have tickets for thee. If you, you would like to wait for the carrier pigeon outside of your home, you will receive your Mike Epps tickets for November. All thy must do. Simone will show up in chariots mm-hmm. to drop them off. I'll be waiting a fortnight for a your fortnight. letter. All right, so let's try that again. Because it wasn't the smoothest thing in the world, was it? Mike Epps is going to be at the Hard Rock, not the Hark Rock. The Hard Rock Live Casino or Casino Live. Just burn this. Burn the tapes. It's okay. We're trying to do math. We're trying to read about Mike Epps. My headphones keep going crazy. By the way, I have the exact number if you want it. I don't think he does. What is it? Busted out the calculator. What year do you want his salary for? Because the fourth year of the contract will be 40.925. Yeah, I want all four years added up. Say he gets a four-year extension, and this year's 30.8. We will work on that. All right, so they bump him up to (laughs) 30.8. I love this I was at around 180. I'm bowing out of this whole thing. Can I give the damn tickets away? Can I just give the (laughs) tickets away? I didn't stop you this time. All right, Hard Rock Casino Live, November 10th. There we go, Nick. Call a number uh, five to end this painful Perfect. segment. Let me grab caller five. Call a number five, 1-800-920-1140. Folsom Lake Honda Hotline, contest line, 1-800-920-1140. Call a number five to that contest line, 1-800-920-1140. Wins a pair of tickets to go see Mike Epps at the Hard Rock Casino Live on November 10th. All right, we're going to get to the answer that we've all been waiting it, for Nick. with this math. You did it. Thank you. You gave away those tickets. Only uh, only took me roughly five tries. Took, those we, tickets yeah. never stood a chance. You were going to give them away. You know what? Speaking of math. Or what? Another one's going to stop you. We're trying our math. What is, what is mad dog math? <laughs> Find out next. One brings Maclough magic, while the other... Hmm. We're still trying to figure that out. Cattles and Rami. Sacktown Sports. I'm still on my math game here. Saw steam coming out of your ears during the break. So I think I'm right. And I asked Kyle, because Kyle's really good with math and numbers and stuff, so I asked him. And Kyle's pretty much at the same math that I'm at. Because James James Ham in his in his story had it as like 189 million plus the 30.8 million from this year, and I'm looking at it and I'm saying, well, if you bumped Demontis Sabonis up to 30 million, if we gave him a raise this year, he'd be at 30.8 million, and then so you give him an eight percent raise on that, and that's just over 33 million, and then you keep doing that. And if you did that for four years after this season, it equals about 180 million, give or take five, six hundred grand. So in total, it would be a five-year, 180 million dollar deal, because you bumped them this year, and then you bumped them eight percent in the four following years, and then you just add up all those years and you get the money. And so James had it in his story that it'd be 189 million plus the 30.8 million this year, and. I don't agree with that. But isn't he only eligible for a four-year extension right now on top of the pay raise this year? I think you can go four. Yeah. Yeah. So it would be this year pay raise plus four additional years on top of that. Yes. 
And if 30.8 is the correct number, then your math checks out, according to my calculator and all the other stuff. All the nerd math, yes. So your, your math checks out. It would be five years at 180.7 million, roughly. I'm staying out of the math wars. Again, I say goodwill hunting. <laughs> the math wars. Again, James might be right. Maybe I'm just not picking up what's being put down, but from what I read and from what he tweeted at me, and I just want to try to be as accurate as possible because if I'm going to give people information on the show, I want to be right. I don't want to be giving you wrong numbers. So if if Domas waited, he'd be in line for like a five-year, $210 million deal. If my numbers are correct, he'd be in line for a five-year, $180 million deal. And that would make sense from the King's point of view, because now you're giving 180 instead of 210, you're saving $30 million. Yes. But you're giving him the bump of $8 million like this year, going from 22 to 30 or right around 31. So you're giving him the bump this year to get more long-term security and savings in the next four years. That makes sense. So anyway. I think you got it. You win, Nick. Until James tweets at me again and the something changes and I'm like, oh, damn. Thought I had it. Your math checks out. Thought I had it. All right. Um, moving on, shall we? Speaking of math. Let's. I feel like I did a pretty decent job at the math thing. <laughs> I would hope I did a better job than Mad Dog Russo did. So we love Mad Dog Russo sound here from Sirius XM, right? The Mets are stumbling. They've been awful in June. They're like 6-15 like and 15 or 6-16. Six and 16. It's not been awful. good. Yeah. They lost last night. Steve Cohen called an emergency press conference right. before today's game. That'll fix it. That's the, that, that will settle everything. For those who don't know, <laughs> Cohen is the mega billionaire who owns the yes, team. the owner who just continues to spend a lot of money and is obviously not thrilled at the performance of his baseball team. So the Mets are stumbling. Atlanta's rolling. They're 9-1 in their last 10, entering into today. And... Uh, Chris Mad Dog Russo was left trying to figure out the math, okay, for the NL East. Here's what happened. If the Braves go 40-45 and 45 over their last 85 games, that makes them 90-72. and 72. To match that, the Mets would have to go 50-35. and 35. Okay. Okay. So, so I'm already lost. Okay, Play so. Let me hear it again. Don't try to explain, Kyle. Let me just hear it again. If the Braves go 40 and 45 over their last 85 games, that makes them 90 and 72. To match that, the Mets would have to go 50 and 35. I think so far he's right. So far he's, he's, so, far. So, far he's good, right? Not okay. particular. Not exactly. I don't know their exact records, but it doesn't sound like he's saying anything crazy there. So the Mets have won at the time thirty-four games, but he's saying if they win fifty, they would get to ninety. Yes, and thirty-four it... plus fifty is not ninety. Exactly. <laughs> okay, keep going. Oh, so thirty-four plus fifty would lead you to eighty-four. Eighty-four. Obviously. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. All right. I didn't know there. Now right the out. Braves. He's correct because the Braves were at fifty wins, so to get to ninety, they'd have to win forty. 40. That's it. That's easy. That's easy math. I have no chance to right. continue this. But right. And it actually do better than that, really one more win, 51 and 34, because of the fact, or 56 and 34, because of the fact that the, uh, 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 you know, uh, 56 and, uh, is that correct? Uh, wrong. Wrong. <laughs> 
<laughs> See, now Go he on. just realized that his Mets numbers were incorrect. <laughs> Is that correct? Wrong. Oh, so good. Correct. Uh, wrong. Because <laughs> yeah, Mad Dog, Mad Dog doesn't like his producers to pop on air, right? So. I think that's the case. Is that somebody, correct? Uh, wrong. Is somebody trying to help him, you think? <laughs> yeah, so I think, because he says, is that correct? And I think his producer's probably telling him in his ear, that's wrong. And he goes, wrong. Is that correct? Uh, wrong. I, I don't think that uh, he likes having the producers. Because, again, 34 plus 51 equals 85, not 91. Thank you. I mean, he's way off. By, like, six games. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty significant when you're you're talking about a triple digit number and you're trying to do what he's trying to do. Is All that right. correct? Uh, wrong. <laughs> oh God! All right, what else we got? He continues. All right, let's go. Fifty six and uh, let's see, fifty five. What I say the Mets are the Mets right now. Let's figure this out properly. Let's figure this out properly. So now he's after thirty seconds. He's now going to look up the Mets record. Good. That's what I was going to say. Like, just Google the standings, and you'd have it right in front of you. He's like trying to go off of his wrong memory, and he's just keeps burying himself. They're seven under five hundred. I think they're thirty-four, and I think they're forty-one. <laughs> Just look it up, Chris. So that was correct. You have a computer, but they his are- numbers are still off. So to get the ninety <laughs> wins, they got to go fifty-six, and roughly—is it thirty-one? <laughs> roughly. <laughs> There's no Numbers, roughly, dude. Yeah, are exact. There's no oh roughly, God. Mad Dog. There's only one. There's a number, okay? The, For, is it 31? The, I don't know, man. You've confused me at this point. Roughly, Nobody. is it 31? Nobody listening to Mad Dog Russo has, has any, any idea. None whatsoever. It's now just a bunch of, it's a sea of numbers being thrown around. Correct. Uh, wrong. <laughs> <laughs> To 31. So for the Braves to do worse than that, the Braves got to go. I know the Braves got to go 40 and 45. Okay. He's really got that down. The Braves got to go 40 and 45. Because that's the easiest math. He's He's adding 50 and 40 to get to 90. He's been consistent on that. And there are 85 games to go to get to 90 because the Braves right now have 55 wins. And that's where he messed up because that's, the Braves lost the Braves. <laughs> now he lost his threat on the Braves. What is even happening? He had it perfect. It was the oh forty wins. They need forty wins to get to ninety, which means they have fifty. But for some reason, he said, he said fifty-five 40. wins. He had oh. it perfect until that point. If I now have fifty-five wins. Holy! I mean, we got to wrap this up. Yeah, we, I don't. We, we we could. Uh, we're running out of time. Uh, the Braves have uh, fifty wins, so forty and forty-five gets them to ninety. The Mets are thirty-five and forty-two. Wrong. Wrong. <laughs> He's just constantly wrong. That's a different number than what he said earlier. <laughs> Why is Mad Dog arguing with him? So to get to so that's fifty-five to get the ninety from thirty-five, forty-two. They got to go fifty-five and thirty. So to beat the Braves out, if they went forty and forty-five, the Mets would have to go fifty-six and twenty-nine because the Braves right now have beaten the Mets five out of six. They'd have tiebreaker. The Mets aren't going fifty-six and twenty-nine. What? Had to bring in the tiebreaker. And eventually, he did figure it out. We think. My God.
Yeah, he got there. Well, there you have it. Congrats. So Yeah, I definitely did better with the math, and I wasn't great. For sure. But I was better than that. That may have been the My the brain most hurts after the last half hour, honestly. Wow. That was rough. Oof. All that of that. That was awesome. That last segment, that was awesome. Oof. Well, thanks to... Uh, so how many wins do the Mets need? 55. <laughs> that was 40 and 45. I don't know, 120. I'm completely lost. You got to think about the tiebreaker. Thanks too. to uh, Simone. Thanks to Kyle. Great job. Thanks, Rami. Thank you. Uh, we're back tomorrow. We are. It's uh, Cattles and Rami, Sack Townsville. Ality with, with, with uh, Family Feud. You need a little personality. This is perfect for Seacrest. He yeah, reads off of trust cards. Trust me, he is not a Jeopardy guy. No, Jeopardy, you need, yeah, Jeopardy. Jeopardy is probably one of the toughest game shows to host. You have to have some kind of command of the subject matter. I'm so out on this. Study. I could not be more out on Ryan Seacrest than I am. Seacrest out. Hey! hey. <laughs> how many shows is this guy going to I don't know how host? many jobs he has. I've had enough of Ryan Seacrest. Is I can name at least four. Is he still doing American Idol, or am is I, he like, still really doing the show with Kelly myself? Ripa? Okay. He is still doing that show. <laughs> Wait, I thought Kelly Ripa's husband was her co- this guy saves this show. No, but... Nobody in the history of radio or television has ever uttered that. I don't want to go Joe Pesci. Have you ever watched Nobody. Have you ever watched The Wheel of Fortune and thought, man, this Sajak guy, he really makes the show. But Sajak had one job. Do we need Seacrest with 15? Okay, so that's Sajak your Sajak and Vanna gotcha. White were there for 42 years. Yeah, yeah Sajak, like... This guy's gotten more money out of his level of talent than anybody oh. that's walked the planet. God bless him. Plus that syndicated television money. Whew. Play your part. Play your part.